The views on this program do not reflect those of ONTV or its board of directors. Welcome to OAA Now, your home for Oakland Activities Association news and information. Here's your host, Sammy Welcome Tarantino. to OAA Now here. I'm Sammy Tarantino, blogger, the Dragons Insider, blogger of Inside the OAA, and also Sammy High School Sports Blog. And we're along with one of the hosts, Tween Tamir, on Orient David Television. You're a busy man. Of course I am. I got Ian Locke <laughs> here this week. Yes, I am. Um, Happy Thanksgiving to you. Yeah, and to you and all the people listening at home. Hope it was safe and fulfilling. And, and we're all used to the Lions <laughs> losing. Uh, yeah. I mean. Hey, but that was an interesting game. It was entertaining. Like I said, I can step away from the Lions, just like I have for my Spartans. They won, though. And I watched it as an entertainment value. It was it was close. Mm-hmm. Or, well, I don't want to say close, but it was entertaining. And if you're a Michigan fan. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. And if you're a Michigan fan, oh boy, yeah, I kind of feel bad for um, the Westmobile. I mean, the recruits there who yeah. are um, who are going to be going to Ann Arbor, you know. And I feel real bad. They got whooped by Ohio State again. That's the yeah, uh, fifth. I think that's the fifteenth loss in sixteen years. Ohio or fifteenth year. No, a fifteenth game in seventeen losses. They've it, lost Ohio State. It, it's it's bad. It's kind of it's wild. I. I too wild. I thought this would have been. I know Ohio State's good, but Ohio State didn't really play lights out Saturday. No. Their fields, their well, quarterback. JK, yeah, Jakey Downs had a he, big game. Well, was, he was he was carrying that team. Yeah, he carried that team. Yeah. When fields couldn't hit a Michigan, no answer. A receiver to save yeah, his Michigan life. No answer. No. But, but yeah, that was that was surprising. Yeah. Um. But, I mean, a lot of cool football games. A lot a lot of surprises right. on all levels. From, a lot on all from levels. Pro from college, college to and, and then high school, right? Of course, um, the high school football had their state finals this weekend at Ford Field. Yeah, the big finale. No, uh, no OA teams were in it this year. Um, I mean, Seaholm was the closest one to get there, but they ended up losing the Division II state semifinal to Detroit Martin Luther King. Yeah. Um, pretty much when you look at it, um, Davison took home D1. Muskegon Warner Shores D2. River Rouge D3. Um, when I look at when I look at the Shockers, um. <laughs> The Shockers, I didn't expect to win a state title. Yeah. Um, one I didn't expect was River Rouge. I mean, River Rouge has has a West Bloomfield transfer and Miriam Horowski, their quarterback. I've seen him play. Very good. Yeah. Very, very talented player. Very talented athlete. Um, and they went and stunned nationally ranked top team in the state in Muskegon 30-7. to Yeah. That's shocking. And people were saying they were, I want to say before this weekend hit, hands down the top team of any division in the yeah, state. Yeah, Muskegon was the top team. They had a quarterback in Ohio State bound Cameron Martinez. I mean, but River Rouge defensively, I got to give their staff a lot of credit. I mean, and their players a lot of credit. They shut down Cameron Martinez. Um, and then, of course, Muskegon and no answer for Ram Herbrowski. Yeah. I mean, he was the difference maker. Of course, Muskeek, I mean, River Rouge has a really good running back, too. They have a um a really good running back, but quarterback player with River Rouge, my God. And <laughs> I, I got to give Coach Corey Parker a lot of credit um, for what he um he did at Rouge. Of course, um, River Rouge, let's not forget, um, they knocked off Southie Arts and Tech, basically took them out of the playoffs um, in week nine. Um, so basically, when you look at it, River Rouge, you know, who knew? Yeah. They knocked off Orchard Lake St. Mary's. They um to um in the in the regional final. Yep. I mean, 
and now you beat a team like Muskegon. That yeah, says a that, lot. That's a huge win. I mean, yeah. Uh, and I, you know, like we said going in, I don't know if anybody gave him a shot because, oh, you know, I mean, it's Muskegon on the pa- on paper. They had their rankings, and that's because it's Muskegon. The, the talent, the loaded team, is crazy. Mm-hmm. But um, it means Rouge was ready to play. I mean, and and a lot of it has to do with matchups. And we've seen it before: a team that can roll over others might not match up or let's say the top players of one team their superstars match up with the superstars of the mm-hmm. other team and they kind of nullify each other. Right, and I, and that's something there I got to look at with with um that game Muskegon I don't know if the schedule kind of hindered them a little bit. Yes, Muskegon had to play Muskegon on Shores. Mm-hmm. And they're in a tough Ottawa Kent conference, but I'll be honest with you. I thought River Rouge's schedule really got them prepared. And especially that game against Southfield, Arts yeah. and Tech, where they were tested. Because early in the year, I didn't think they were that tested that much until they got that Southfield game where everything just started yeah. clicking. Everything yeah. just started clicking. And then Rouge had that incredible run in the playoffs, getting by Ultra Lake St. Mary's. That's, that's, that's another that says one. says a lot. Absolutely. And it says a lot, you know. And th- that team was motivated after losing to Detroit Martin Luther King 7-6 to six in the D3 um, playoffs <laughs> last year. Detroit Martin Luther King going up to D2 this year. That's tough, 7-6. to six. Yeah, it was. Um, speaking of King, um, yeah. they ended up losing to um, Muskegon Mona Shores. I mean, Muskegon Mona Shores, and they had a backer quarterback that was yeah. in there. That says a lot. Didn't expect that one. Well... You know, of course, you know, you look at what Detroit Martin King has. Of course, they got a quarterback in Dante Moore, mm-hmm. running back in Penny and Penny Boone, Mark, Marshawn Lee, their wide receiver. Um, they did okay. I mean, like, but but Mona Shores, let's not forget, this is a team that put up 57 against Wall Lake Western. Yes. I mean, it was a crazy game for them. They won that one 57 56. I mean, who would ever have thought? <laughs> You know, and Muskegon Mona Shores next year, they're going to come back. They're going to be loaded next year. I expect Mona Shores to be back. I mean, who knows where they'll be at, but yeah. but when you look at that game, you know, everybody says, okay, King's going to win this game. King's a better team on paper. King is going to be team of destiny. And you know what? Mona Shores is winning there and beat him. Yeah, and... It's it was the story of Friday and Saturday. You know all the games. Uh, what with the odd number games were on Friday nights. The even odd, number. No, even with uh, even with Friday odd, odd was Saturday. Saturday, which is an interesting uh, lineup. Mm-hmm. Kind of mixes it up. And um, I was taking in some of the games. Uh, you know the lower divisions on Friday, and you know watching those and just seeing the different styles of play and um, just the. Just the effort and energy these kids put out over those two days from the winning side and losing side. It was just, it tells you that football is healthy in the state of Michigan. Well, we talked about it, you know, a couple we did last year when Clarkson was there when they yeah. lost to Chippewa Valley. I mean, like, um, when we looked at how everybody's different style of plays have been, you know, yes. especially when you look at the league we cover, the OAA. I mean, like, a lot of teams run different style brands of football. Um, Absolutely. And, and that's what made the championship game so much fun to watch because you got to see all these different times. You saw an old school wishbone running on Friday night. Yes, you're going, you did. Who does that? Who does? Not a lot of teams run that. No, not the old school. You look at the you look at teams that can run the, the veer. veer. You yeah. can run teams that can run power. You can run the spread, the zone read. I mean, like the 
out of the pistol too. You can read any different formations. Saw all of that. Many different formations. Yep. And we saw the pro style. We saw it was it was, it was a lot of fun. A lot of good, a lot of it's, good action down there. Absolutely, and not only that, but uh, the defenses. Some of the defense, uh, you know, offense always gets the glory because they're scoring the points, right? But a lot of the, these kids playing on defense, man, there are some good players. And you look at, of course, you know, I think it was one game that really surprised me. Um, a lot of tense drama, and it was Lansing Catholic taking on Almont. Um, so Almont had that game basically <laughs> in the bag, and that's when I turned it off. Yeah, I, I'm not kidding. That's the game that's going to come up. This is the first time the MHA used instant replay, and the fact that instant replay <laughs> is overturned a um a call. It was a anti Catholic was going down, going down the field, end up getting a touchdown waved off. Okay. However, instant replay came. Gave him the touchdown, yeah, and basically that was your ball game right there. Um, Lansing Catholic took home a division, took home the took home the state title, Division Five because of a controversial call. So, when but you is, look it con- at- is it controversial if you have video evidence and it was overturned? No, it's not, and it's I within mean, the rules. It's within the rules. So basically, basically, and we know Almont's story. Um, <laughs> boy, talk about a lot of drama coming into that game. Oh yeah. A lot, of, a lot of drama. I mean, not the team as we hear it had nothing to do with it. It was, I know. it was the fans and things. I know. With, uh, We're not going there. I know. I, it, but just to know, there's some, there's some pressure on them coming in. There's oh, a lot absolutely, of there was negative energy. There's a lot of negative energy around their semifinal game with Detroit Denby. But, but, but this game with Lansing Catholic, they blew it. They blew that game because yeah. they had that game all wrapped up. What was it in the first half? I was watching that game, and uh, they had the lead, and they, they looked. They had the lead. And they looked they were solid. up by two scores, and then all of a sudden, like they looked real good. They looked real good, and all of a sudden, like, oh boy. <laughs> and then now that comes up, and we even we talked about this pre pre show. Yeah. Now comes the fact the instant replay was used in the MH in yeah. the state finals at Ford Field. No, yes. Should it be expanded? Into the regular season, you oh say my. no. <laughs> I'm saying yes. So, so here's the no part. I'm gonna. I want your no part first. All right. The history of inst- now. The cool thing about the instant replay in the finals, I didn't even realize. I'm watching the. Um, I can't remember which game it was. It was one of the smaller schools. Reading after. or reading? It was Friday might have been reading. Reading, yeah. Now there was a um, reading in Britain. I there believe. was a questionable call, right? And it, then it was brought up by the announcers. Um, during the telecast on, you know, Fox or whatever it was Fox on. Fox Sports Detroit. Yeah. And good coverage, by the way. Got to give them props. Thank you for that. MHSA, nice job. And they brought it up. Hey, there's inf- interest, instant replay is now available here in the final games. They're like, wow. Because we have talked about this in the past. Yes, we have. Um, and they explain the rules. There's one guy up top. He looks at the replay. He makes the decision. There it goes. There is no coach's challenge. Nothing like that. Is uh, I think on scoring plays, turnovers. I think yeah, turnovers, and that's about it. Nice and limited, nice and clean. One guy in the booth is making the shots, right? Calling the shots, which I like. Um, no, this should not be expanded to the regular Why? season. Well, go back to the history of instant replay. If we're looking back, you know, on the college game, how long did it take it to come into play, and why? 
the resources needed, the expense, the pain in the neck, uh, the bodies needed to get this thing going. Now, college football over the last, what, 15 years when instant replay hit, now is what it is. Yeah, they went. They've it took a long time, but where did they time. get it? Because money started really coming into the big-time conferences. Right. And the 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 uh, the cost of these uh, you know coverages you know for these networks to cover the money has gotten out of hand, but that money has gone into the production to allow it to happen, mm-hmm. right? Um, also, the big time colleges have their own networks; they're making more money than ever, right? Right. And that money is going into infrastructure that allows for those venues that have these games to be able to facilitate instant replay. But here's my point of having instant replay in the high school game. We have games that are broadcast. Yes. On community access channels. Absolutely. Like ON TV, Absolutely. OCTV, yes. Independent, CMN TV, West Bloomfield, Channel 10. I mean, yep. Farmington what, TV Farmington. 10. What I do, mean, what do we say? And then there's, you know, there's least in our area, if you draw a radius around, mm-hmm. you know, ON TV here in Lake Orion around the OAA. We've got what did we say? There's roughly seven to ten right. communities that, that cover public access that yeah. cover games. That cover games. Now, having done this community television for a while, yeah, I'm in my twenty second year of doing this. It's a long time. And ta- <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so I, I like to think I know what I'm talking about, and uh, and I've done it on programming, engineering, management, and the whole bit, right? So I've been through through the trenches from producer all the way up to you know running the show right okay so we are lucky here at on tv to have student help right yes. the lake warren high school and the mhsa you know the tv and yeah, the, WDBC, the wdbc yeah. all that stuff the, the partnerships you have with the mhsa mm-hmm. and all these different things the mhsa tv that has increased the the, the volume of right. bodies that can do this sort of thing right we still cannot cover it in the proper way to make sure that that if there is a question on the scoring play that we're in position because we do not have the resources of Fox Sports Detroit or whoever that was, the production company that put that on. Mm-hmm. They had sky cams at that game. Mm-hmm. A sky cam, you know, on the cables. I remember that's that. a million dollars a game. That's that's too much. That's what it that's what it's been that's quoted nuts. as a million dollars to run one of those systems. I think you know. You if, know what I mean. If we had instant replay, you know what I mean. Like it could turn so many things around. You look at, <laughs> you look at, and there were a couple games that I thought some really questionable calls oh, yeah. that really decided games. There's one yes. especially, and I think that was the West movie, like Oregon, where of course Lauer's knee was complete. Place Lauer's knee was completely down. Yeah, refs didn't call it, and West movie picked up, took in for touchdown. Yes, but that that's one. where it gets complicated. Uh, then we're going to slow this high school game down to every questionable call or every argument, and we're going to be throwing flags. I mean, you know how long it would be take to get these games done? But you want to get the calls right. But you do want to get them right. But if you don't have the resources to say, yes, in a reasonable manner, will we be able to do this? But right? you got to get them right, though. I mean, <laughs> I'm saying to you is. I know. You know, if you want to get them right, you know what I mean, then – there's not any complaints. And I'm not I'm not arguing against that, Sam. I'm saying, yes, you're right. We should get it right. But there's certain limitations when it comes to the video side of thing at this level. I mean, there's certain uh, college games that are that can't even cover it that well. We, we, I've seen college games that had roughly the same angles we have had at uh, high school games. We've got three cameras, two mm-hmm. 
two up top on the press box. We've got one on the sideline, handheld, roving side to side. Right. And the most I've ever had is I had maybe a lockdown um, on a on the goal line um, maybe once. But the thing is, is that angle isn't right. Uh, but I ha- I will say yes. Some of the coverage we have done, we, yes, we have seen a knee was down. It was a fumble. Um, they did screw up the clock. That's why I'm <laughs> they saying. They didn't stop the clock that's when why they should have. That's why I'm saying is if you have that extra set of media coverage, yeah. you know, why not? Because it gives you clear access to replays. It gives you clear access to that. It does. But the one thing with what we do, at least I'm speaking from Orient Neighborhood Television, We've got a production truck. We've got the whole rig. We've got instant re- You know, we do have replays and that sort of thing, right? But there's times when that rig does not work. There's times when that thing can go down. And we have high school students. And basically, it's an internship, right? We have volunteers running these sorts of things. So to not have an official, say, uh, or, or somebody there with you, let's say an official sitting in our truck going, okay, that's legit. There's times when that thing won't work. And so then what? Right, if it's not a reliable technological uh, entity that is running solidly, and you can say yes, it's working, because you know the high school or the college game can't get away with. Oh, <laughs> sorry, dudes, we didn't get that one. Yeah, uh, the, the system was down. We were rebooting it. Yeah, that doesn't fly. Well, he can get away with the high school race. The, well, can he? But but that's the thing. If you're expecting something, and you have it as a feature, it must work. Yes. And we're lucky enough. I mean, the resources here at TV are some of the best in Oakland County, if not the Midwest. Okay? And for us to go to a game and get it up and running and just on the air is an accomplishment in and of itself. Not to add the the layer of instant replay. But we have had – I mean, you've seen it. You've worked games with me over the years. You've been – you know what we do. Yes. And I know what you want. I go, we do want it, but there's – I mean – it would be how would you determine who gets it and who doesn't? Yeah, and can it be enforceable and not? Yeah. I, I would almost rather have a couple official referees in their you know zebra colors up in the press box watching the game from a different vantage point besides just the dudes on the field, right? The main refs on the field, but why not have a couple sitting up there to go? Okay, did we see the same thing that's up here? Good. That's a good question, you right? I mean, that is a really good question you know because mean? that's a really good question because I think you know. I like that idea. Why not have a why not? spotter? Why, why not, not have a spotter up there? Why not have a spotter in the press box? You know, maybe you know, giving out. Okay, you know what I mean. If you think, if you think, because if you have a spotter in the press box that is basically, basically an official down there, you know what? You know, I, I'm for it. It's, it's I'm why for not it. a couple extra eyes and um, what was I? It had to be in the high school game because they said they have one. And what's the other debate, like, in uh, on the pro side of things with replay? You know, they bring in uh, – Coach's challenge. Well, the challenge, but you also have pass interference, pass right? Pass interference. That big debacle. And what they're doing is – Pass interference, that, I don't mind it, that. It's so arbitrary, like, questionable. Who's fighting? Whatever. But in the pro game, I heard something that said, why don't you have a panel, three three refs in the in the booth, they watch the same thing. They all anonymously vote. Boom. That's the, you know, however it comes out up there, that's how it, you know, that's how it's decided. But you don't want to get too complicated. Well, is it 
not complicated now. It's not. Co- it's but complicated I mean, if you right now, but you got guys going. Oh, I don't know. Sure, why not? You know, they just. It's it, and with the addition of replay and the expansion of it. Yeah. Man, I mean, it's changed the game. Sam. I know it is, and I don't want. I mean, we have. We, I'm not going to rip on the ref on the high school level because they are doing their best. Uh, to bring us these games. We talked about refereeing and the way people treat the refs. These I days, know. Right? I, I, and I've seen it. You I know? said if people get too angry, people one get of the days angry. the refs won't show up and you won't have a game anymore. Right. right? And ba- yeah, and it basically. What do you have? What they're, do you have? Right. They're doing the best they they're can. They're doing the best they can. So a- adding this complexity to it and the pain in the neck, I don't see how it helps them. You know, it's just. But you <laughs> just got to get everything right, you know. You, you, and I know they're doing the best they can. I, and But. You're, and the refs are working with the resources they're given, which is right. nothing. Yeah. They get their training, they go out, they do some games, and like they said, the refereeing core across this it's country. Not, it hasn't been easy. It's aging, right? It's the aging. guys are leaving. People are retiring. They're getting old, and not a lot of people want to deal with this anymore. Especially dealing with the um, parents. You oh. know what I mean? They, especially dealing with parents. I'm shaking my head. Oh, I know. <laughs> parents are the worst. It's true. Mm-hmm. Right? They're the, the the loudest, most complainingest. Ugh. Well, there's some that don't. You know what I mean? There's some, there's that, some don't. that don't, but the, when you have the problems, it's usually the loud mouth. You know? I'm sorry. I, I don't mean to hijack your co- discussion. But, uh, boy, if I had the resources to wire Dragon Stadium here in Lake Orion for replay, I'd do it. Yeah. I mean, we're not too far from being able to do it now, to be honest no. with you. I mean, we're really close. To, but... Again, it has to work. It, it has to work. must work. And that's what community television yeah. can't guarantee. But it'll be interesting. I don't know. It'd be good. Did I win the argument? No. <laughs> <laughs> what All do you right. guys think? Yeah. That's, a, that's a debate. Send topic. Sammy a message. Send uh, me a message yeah. or send it on TV. Yeah, a what's message. your blog? Uh, Inside the OA. Yeah. Um, can they respond to you? Can they s- drop off comments and things? Yeah, there is a list of comments. You know what I mean? There is a comment section. Um, yeah, if, I'd love to hear feedback. I know we're just two I guys do hear a lot in, of in feed- a room. I do hear <laughs> a lot of feedback considering my um, basketball coverage, my basketball projections. I oh, do, okay. I do hear a lot of feedback, particularly in the um, Berkeley area. Okay. <laughs> um, but when you really look at it, um, I want to hear your thoughts on this. I want to hear the community. I want to yeah, hear yeah. everybody's thoughts on this. Yeah, I, I'd be curious because yes, I'm one side because, and you're 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 the side of a super fan, someone who knows the games, watch a ton of it, and just wants to make sure that the game is. Played. I want to make sure the sure, game it's, is it's right. 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 I want to make sure the game is right. And I'm you know? I'm on the other side. Yes, I want the game right too. But my concern is making sure the technology is working. Right. The cameras are on. Did we get in? Get out on time? Right. You know, did did the sponsors and underwriters get their due? And can we get a copy to the kids? Awesome. Yep. Right? That's yep. that's that's my fault. All right. Let's take a break <laughs> here. Um, let's take a break here. We got a nice debate topic we had talked to. Um, let's got we got girls basketball here yeah. on the way now coming up. Music. Weather. Sports. And you. Me? Yes, you. You're listening to The Local Voice.
Welcome back to Oi Now here. I'm Sammy Timmy here with Ian Lockett. Hey. Um, we got a lot of, we got, I can't believe we're starting gir- girls basketball season I this know, week. man. Starting off with the game. Um, a little whiplash. Yeah, starting off with um, a game that's being played. Um, we're filming on Monday here this week. Tonight is a first away game. Um, they start off wow. December the 2nd. So you got a big one early on. You got West Bloomfield, Detroit Renaissance. Ooh. Um West Bloomfield, we talked last week a little bit about how um, loaded the Lakers are this year. Um, West Bloomfield's got several key players back, including Maya Bobo, Logan Lewis. Um, but I'm curious the other interior game is going to be this year. Um, you got Lula Chambers there for Burt Mosley's team. They're taking on a Detroit Renaissance team that is loaded. Um, they are well-coached. Um, they got a very talented player in Kaylee Davis. They're well-coached under... Former Oakland University big man Shaney Lowell. Um, so when I look at West Bloomfield, you know, if West Bloom West Bloomfield last year won the white division, now they're up in the red, and you basically are looking at, and they got a lot of experience back. They won a district title last year. Um, lost in the regional semifinal to Heartland. Heartland's going to be really good this year. So when you look at West Bloomfield, um, what the, what the talent they have. They got a tough schedule. They got to play. They got they got a very tough schedule. They got a tough non-league. They got to play Hart. They got to play Wall Lake Western is gonna be very good. They got to play um, and they got to play um, and they got this game here. Um, so when you look at West Bloomfield, um, when you really look at the Lakers, I think this is a team that could they could see. And when I look at the rankings to start off, I thought West Bloomfield should be the clear number one over Southfield. Ooh, and that's the, and I'm saying to myself, yeah, and here and West Bloomfield still got to play Detroit Renaissance, River Rouge, Flint Kersley, Harper Woods, Chandler Park Academy, and Wall Lake Western. That's their non-conference. Okay. That is brutal. Yeah. Um, but what do we say about that? That's a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing when you play in a brutal schedule. It's really good because now they're going to to a new playoff format where they you really look at strength of schedule is very important. Really? Yes. So and, they, they alter those just like they did football. Uh, not extreme like football is going to be, but but it is. But it's very similar to soccer, very similar to lacrosse. Okay, I, I this is news to me. Mm-hmm. Help me out. Um, now you're looking at the um, the teams are in a di- teams are going to be in a district. Okay, but they're how they're going to do your seedings based on your performance and your um and strength of schedule. Wow. So like that's it's the same thing that happened in soccer this year. Okay. So, do they reseed you after each round? We've talked about that before. Oh, uh, they ta- they seed the two top teams, and okay. then the rest of them okay. are just they bracketed out. Okay, bracketed out. So, interesting. Yes, it is. Um, so when I look at when I look at West Bloomfield and Southfield, you know, Southfield, a lot of people are gonna say we got they got the best, likely one of the best players in the state of Michigan, Shine McEvans. Um. They have Jasmine Worthy and Kiana Willis. This is where I'm going to be critical of Southfield. You do lose two girls in Sola Barnes and Alexis Johnson. You have virtually no bench. <laughs> that t- team had no bench in their loss last year to Saginaw Heritage. They had no bench. And when I'm looking at the Southfield team, you know, Compared to the West Bloomfield, West Bloomfield's got a bench. Southfield does not. 
And you look at that team. What happens if McEvans gets into foul trouble? What happens if John, if um if Worthy gets into foul trouble? What happens if Willis gets into foul trouble? Who do you have that's gonna step up between those two? And I don't and I don't understand, you know, you look at other sports writers, you know, you look at sports writers, you know, thinking, I'm hyping Southfield up, I'm gonna hype them up. Okay, look at their DNA. Look at who they've got. Southfield, besides those three, they don't have a bench. West Bloomfield, they got a bench. They got talent, proven experience. They have they're deep. If you want to do well in the red, you have to have a bench. You have to have talent. And people are going to say to me, you're crazy. You think West Bloomfield is better than Southfield. And right now on paper, on paper it says Southfield is better than West Bloomfield. But right now when I'm looking at it early on, I think West Bloomfield is better than Southfield based on a depth personnel. And that's the bottom line. Yeah. And we've seen teams who have ridden their horses, right? Teams that have superstars. Yeah. And you can say – and he's got a superstar. So does West Bloomfield. Well, you think a year ago they had three? They had a starting five, right? Who I mean, was really good? Yeah, and if you said no bench, and they get their superstars, they had no bench. What happened? It's kind of the same thing when I looked at Clarkson and boys basketball a couple years ago. Clarkson in boys, they only went six guys. Southfield basically went their whole starting five. That was it against Heritage. Yeah, and when Johnson got into foul trouble. And Coach Marshall, Michelle Marshall had to go to her bench, you know, didn't feel comfortable going to the bench. And that's what happened against Saginaw Heritage. Yeah. But also through the regular season, <clears throat> there's wear and tear. Yeah. Right? So, um, absolute wear and we, tear. We've seen it on the college game that the, the superstars who are ridden a so lot, hard yeah. a lot, um, you kind of break down at the end of the of season course. and of your legs get tired. And, and that's the concern I have with Southfield. That's the concern I have with the Warriors because. When you look at that team, you know, besides besides McEvans, Worthy, and Willis, who do you have? Who do you have on that team that can that can save you guys? You can't just depend on Willis. You can't on Willis and McEvans and John and um Worthy every night. You can't rely on those three. You need somebody else besides those three if you're gonna carry them. You know, you look at the teams that have deep benches. You look at the teams that have benches that are going to be deep. You look at Clarkston, they're deep. You look at you look at a team like Stony Creek, they got three solid players. They've got a deep bench. You look at, you got to look at, like, you look at teams in the white. Adams has got a deep bench. Adams is deep. You look at, Admiral's not that deep. Admiral ain't that deep. But you got to have a deep bench. If you're going to have a successful run when you go later in the postseason, that's the bottom line. Agreed. That's one of the reasons <laughs> why when I look at the rankings that came out and look at Southfield number one, look at Southfield number one, and a lot of people have Southfield ranked in the top, top ten, mostly because of Shine McEvans. But when you look at them personnel-wise, besides those three on Southfield, where do you sit? Where do you find? Where do you find? Maybe they have it. Maybe they have. Maybe they don't. Uh, and and where did at, you see? Uh, not to cut you off, but the uh, you're saying the seedings or the the um, preseason rankings. Oakland. I know a lot of recruiting sites have their top ten teams on there. Okay. 
Um, a lot of I know the Oakland Press just released theirs. I just released mine on Saturday. Neil Way. Um, when I look at the red division, yes, I still have Southfield, but you got West Bloomfield is really close. And they and I think what not only does West Bloomfield have the talent, I think, to match with Southfield, they have a bench to match up with Southfield. Yeah. They have a bench. Um Do you think this is a, a three person race in the red? I think it is. Um I think it is. I mean, I saw Clarkson. Yeah. Um You've seen them already. I've seen them already. I've seen how good um that team is. Clarkson's got all five starters back, um, including um Taylor Heaton back, um, who's got a ton of playoff experience. Um, you got Madison Sikorsky, a really good sophomore guard. Um, really dynamic player. Um, I like what Coach John Wire is doing with that team down there at Clarkson. I think they're going to be a really good team this year. Royal Oak's an interesting one because they got Sarah Strawhand and um, guard slash forward who can play. Yeah. But they're going to be so young, you know what I mean? They're they're going to be young. They're, the rest of that team's going to have to really grow up quick. And... I have confidence in Brian Zapata and Coach Brian Zapata's team that they can get there. Stony Creek is probably the most interesting one. Mm. We had Kellen James here a couple couple months ago on our podcast. Um, you know, when I look at Stony Creek's team, yeah, you got Lily DePanty, Devin Valls, and um, Sydney LaPrairie. But you got question in the interior, and yes, you got a tough schedule. You got to play Chandler Park. That's going to be tough. And then you got to play Lake Orion, you know? Yeah. And they're one of my top ten games this week because I'm doing a do top ten um top ten weekly poll for the um top games of the week. Cool. So be doing that. Um. So when I look at Stony Creek, you know, this team, this team's gonna be good. I think they're gonna be okay. I really think Stony Creek. I got a lot of confidence in Coach Kellen James' team. I got a lot of confidence. I got a ton of faith. Yeah. In that team, Bloomfield Hills. You know, they got two very good guards in Angela Silva and Keelan Fife. Um, <laughs> the question's going to be is, how are they going to help Jordan Banks in the interior? Jordan Banks can play the wing. She can play the interior. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I'm curious to see what Coach Jeb Rubin's team's going to look like. Groves, we know they have Ellie Rupridge on that team. We have, They have Ellie Rupridge. Um, program strength, to me, is a big concern for that program, despite the fact they're going to have three teams this year. Um, and I think that's something that Coach Jessica Weasler has to address. Um, but I think I answered a lot of people's questions on Southfield. Um, because yes, you got three very good players. Yeah. But until you have a bench, <laughs> until you have a bench, until you can figure out those two other, those two other girl, until you can figure out your two other starters, where are you going? That's the question. You can't just ride Willis, McEvans, and Worthy night in, night out. Do you think because it's going to come back and bite you? But do you think with those three and one other, do you think that's enough? Because those other three are so talented. No, no, not at and all. No chance. Here's why: because Safi and T had a really good starting five last year. Really good starting five. And when you look at A and T, you got to look at. You got. You can't just look at uh, recruiting ranks. You can't look at that. Yeah. You really can't. But we've yes, seen them look, in action. I mean, this yeah, isn't some in hypothetical we number. We see them in action. They're going to be good. We see them in action. They're going to yeah. be good. But they've got to address two starters they lost, 
and they got to address their bench. In the game last year against Saginaw Heritage, their bench was exposed. They didn't even use their bench. And they didn't even use their bench in the state semifinal game. They didn't even use the bench too much. So I think that's a question I think Coach Michelle Marshall has to address is yeah. the bench. They've got to address it. You got enough talent on that team to field a to field enough players, you know what I mean? Use them. What's their J V ranks looking like? They struggle a little bit. You know, they struggle a little bit in the sub varsity ranks. I mean, don't I mean we've seen this before with other teams though. You have superstars. I mean, we looked look at the Clarkston men from a couple years ago, oh, right? Yeah. You have su- loaded with superstars. But, but I don't understand what Dan Fight did did not do was you had a ton of talent a year ago, a couple years ago. Yes. You had a ton of talent. Didn't play the bench. Didn't you, they sat on the bench. The whole time. Whole time. They even, sat on the bench. I don't understand, I understand even that. Even in blowouts. <laughs> even in blowouts. Give them time. you got to give them time. And that's something that really upset me with Clarkson <laughs> was. Yes, it did. <laughs> because you had six, you had you had you had at least ten guys you can play ten deep from your bench. Instead, they went seven deep, and half that team, most of that team, rode the bench. And there were some talented players on that team that rode the bench. Yeah, I mean, it's a. Is it more philosophy, or it's like, well, I I have faith in these guys, and I'll let it run. Yeah, it's like it's I don't, your philosophy. Or I, I, if I don't have to roll the dice, I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying to you. You know, if you want to win a state title, you got to have a great starting five and a great bench. That's how Saginaw Heritage won last year. Because Saginaw Heritage had, they had a very deep team. They went 8-9 deep. They went 8-9 deep last year. But that's, don't you say think that's rare? I mean, in all honesty, 8-9 deep, like where you can say, hey, it's interchangeable. Well, you can if you have players getting into foul trouble. I know, but, I mean, to have eight, nine players that you can play and go, yes, right? I mean, I always figure if you have two on the bench that are quality, right, then you're doing okay. You're above average because in the high school game, it's hard to find a bench that you can go eight, nine. Don't you think? Well, that's why you have you have um, teams that keep at least 12, 13, 14 yeah. players, you know what I mean? You have. That's why you have it. That's why you can develop them. And but would make you a say bench. Southfield for them to remedy this problem if they can ID two, two bench players that can be key cogs? Don't you think that would solve the problem, or do you think they need more than that? They need more than that. I think they need more than that because you know when you look at it with Southfield, you know what happens if all three of those girls get into foul trouble? What happens? Let's say if Willis has two. McEvans has two, or Worthy has two fouls, all three of them in one game. And, you know, in, in the first half, where are you going to go for your production? Yeah. Where are you going to go? Well, obviously, with that, usually when that happens, you change what you're doing. Yeah. You and you got to you gotta pull you got back to. a little bit. You know, and then when you look at, in the white division, you know, I talked about Avondale. You know what I mean? Yeah. Their bench production is a concern. You look at, Adams has got a deep bench. Oxford's going to have a deep bench. Lake Oregon's going to have a deep bench. I mean, Troy's going to have a deep bench. I mean, you look at and even Troy Athens. Athens has their whole starting five back, and they got a deep bench. So when you really look at it, you know, the OA White is as even steel. There's a ton of parity in that division when you look at it. Yeah. And then North – I mean, the team that I'm mostly concerned about is North Farmington Ooh. in that division. That's the team I'm 
concerned about because, yes, you do return two very good players, Molly Simpson and Maya Kelly, but your interior question is going to be there for Coach Jeff Simpson because two years ago, he had a guy named Sam Cherney, really talented big. Yeah. Really good big. Um, but I, I just don't think they've done enough to address that big situation. And then, but haven't we seen that throughout the league or, oh yeah. or throughout the uh, OAA? Oh yeah, finding quality big. Uh, it's not qu- easy finding a quality a five. Big. You know, getting somebody into that. It's not easy finding a quality big. You look at what Troy's going to have with the Dean of Samson. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, it's hard to find a big who is very very good. It's hard, yeah. you know. Um, but when you find that player, when you find that, feed him. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I remember Boombie Hills a couple of years ago when they had a girl named Amanda Sape, and she was good. She was really yeah. good. Um, then you look at Berkeley, you know what I mean, in the blue division. Um, they got a loaded stack team coming back. Um, I love the fact they toughen up their non-conference schedule. Um, Rochester, I've seen them play. Yeah. I like what Bill Thurston's done with that team. Um I've seen, um, I've I've heard stories of Pontiac. I've saw, I've heard about them. I saw Farmington play. I saw Seaholm play. Um, Man, you've been busy. Yep. I mean, so really, <laughs> when look at it, and I've seen, I Ferndale's gonna be very interesting to keep an eye on as well. Um, Oak Park will be interesting to keep an eye on as yeah, well. Yeah. But um, so when I look at the league in general, um, so you've seen a lot of teams. So I, here's here's a question. I don't mean to cut you off there. So you've seen a lot of these teams already in action. You've seen the systems that they're deploying. You've seen the personnel which are out there. Are you finding, you know, like the traditional, you have a traditional big in the middle. Is that necessary anymore in this game? Because, you know, a lot of, we see in the college ranks. A lot of teams have been going more of that. It's changing. It's changing a little bit. It's been changing. But and that's why when smaller, you look, faster, outside shooting, or and that's cutters. why when you look at my top ten, when you look at my top twenty-one, when I my basketball people on my blog at timmysimcolonterminatblogspot.com, um, when I look at the top twenty-one, it defines it. You know what I mean? Okay. The, top, the teams in there that are ranked there, it defines it because there are teams that have proven bigs in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, there might be players that. I, didn't even write about, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That can make some noise. Um, but you know, but you've seen enough games. Are you finding that it seems like some of the systems are changing? Yeah, the some offense of them are is changing, changing a little bit. Some of them are changing, but but you know, you can't coach if you have you can't coach a, you can't coach if you have a six one six two six three. You know what I mean? Use them. Use the big. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Use, you got, if you have a six one six two six three big, use them. Yeah. Use. Them. I mean, think about it. I mean, if you have a big. You know, yeah. very good, big. Use, yeah. So, when I look at it, so when I look at it, it's a good question. Good question. I think the game has changed, um, but you know, especially because, and I think a lot of that I credit a former Detroit Piston, Rasheed Wallace. Ah. A lot of teams are using the big, like a hybrid, especially hybrid of yeah, combo, yeah. hybrid four, especially there. Um, but it'd be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, and now, of course, I look at my top 10 games. Of yeah. The what week. do you, what do you got? Um, uh, my top 10 games of the week. Um, I did not talk about Detroit Martin Luther King and, um, West Bloomfield on there. I think that's going to be a heck of a game though, but, um, it's a six o'clock tip off at Detroit. So it'll okay. be very interesting there. Um, my top 10 games, I'm keeping an eye on, um, 
I'm going to look at the Tuesday games first. My one I'm keeping on is Wall Lake Western at Clarkston. Um, Western, of course, we know Steve Emmert used to coach in the OA at Oxford. Um, it's got two very good players in Jenna Galecki and Olivia Warren back. And they do have a deep bench, by the way. Um, so when I look at this game here, um, last season I watched the um, Clarkston Wall Lake Western game at Wall Lake Northern. I watched that game last year personally okay. as a fan. And. It was a blowout. It was. It really was a blowout. But I think with the game now at Clarkson, and I think Clarkson's got a year of experience back, yeah. I think it's going to help the Wolves. I really do. I think it's going to help Coach John Wire's team. And then the team, I mean, last year was completely a whole on, new. Yeah, they started off 0-5. 0-5, but had you had a whole new lineup. A whole I mean, new lineup, a whole new coach there. A I mean, young like, group. Young group. I mean, I've got to give John Wire a lot of credit. I mean, like, for getting these girls to grow and develop now, it does help that the most of his girls that he has on this team are on his AU team. It never hurt. Pride, <laughs> yep. So, but but it can never hurt. But um, I, I, that's a team I'm keeping an eye on for sure. It's Clarkson. That'd be a really good game with with them and Wall Lake Weston. That'd be a really good game. I know Clarkson's got that big game on Saturday with Ann Arbor Skyline over at Arbor Prep. That's going to be a really interesting yeah. Skyline game. put some tough teams together. Yeah, they're not bad. I mean. Skyline is not bad um, when you look at it there. Um, Seems like Skyline has kind of taken over the Ann Arbor sports scene, don't you think? No, Epsilani Arbor Prep has taken over. You think so? I think Arbor Prep has. They got a very good player in my pedicord. Okay. Um, I'm just saying overall. You they got still got to play Clarkston, you know, yeah. and um, I think they got Southfield as well. So that'll be really interesting to see when the um, when it, when Arbor Prep matches up with Clarkston. Um <laughs> Be very interesting to see what happens there. Um, then you got Oxford at Bloomfield Hills. That'll be an interesting mm. game. Um, both coaches, Rachel Breyer at Oxford, Jeff Rubin at Bloomfield Hills, they know each other. Um, I think when you look at Bloomfield Hills, I'm very concerned about their depths um, in that game. Um, Oxford, they have a worker's mentality. Um, they got a ton of talent that can they can throw at you. They can defend like crazy. They just have like a pure worker's mentality over at Oxford. Going against a Bloopy Hills team that very good three-point shooting team. Very, very good three-point shooting team. So I'm curious to see what happens there. Boy, you get into it, especially in the girls' game, uh, solid shooting guards that are draining from outside. It can be a long oh, yeah. night real quick. Oh, yeah. And uh, Bloopy Hills got two of them, and Angelica, Sava, and Keelan Fife. I mean, those are yeah. two girls to keep an eye on, especially, but you also have Jordan Banks as well. So, but... Oxford's got a worksman's mentality, you know, and that's what I like about Oxford is the worksman mentality that Coach Rachel Breyer's installed into that team, in that program. I mean, especially program straight over at Oxford is really good this year. Yeah, I really like that over there. Um, Avondale Waterford Kettering, this will be interesting because Avondale, of course, we I talked about they got some very talented players back in Regan Lawrence, Tanai Jackson, um, Kerry Lee. Um, Brea Benton, but the bench is a big concern for me. And you're going up against a Waterford Kettering team that's led by Makaya Holland, Izzy Dougal, and Irene Shue for new coach Darren McAllister. Um, and I know Darren McAllister. I've seen him. I've seen how he coaches. Um, good coach. Um, it'd be very interesting to see what type of team Avondale's made out of because that following game after Waterford Kettering, they got to go play at Southfield Ooh. on that Thursday. And 
We know where that's going. Tough couple games. <laughs> oh, yeah. Avondale really toughened up the non-conference. But well, it, it really do, wasn't surprising if Avondale does start 0-2. But, but doesn't that go back to what you said, the new playoff oh, format? Yeah. Oh, right? Of course, yeah. But it really wasn't surprising if Avondale starts 0-2. It really wouldn't. Um, then you have Berkeley at Macomb, Dakota. Ooh. Berkeley, you know. Berkeley finally listened to me <laughs> on straightening up their non-conference. <laughs> Last season, the reason why I thought Berkeley – Really, despite the fact they won 16 games last year, I didn't think their not their non-conference was very good. This year, their their non-conference is strong, and you're playing a team like Macomb Dakota, going down to their place, having to deal with a player like Cameron Grant. I mean, I've seen Macomb Dakota play, and they are good. It'll be a good test for Berkeley. Yeah. It's gonna be a good test for Coach Kirk Kerlin's team. It's gonna be a really good test. Um, then you have Groves at North Farmington on Tuesday. Um, good coaching match. That's not a conference matchup, is it? No. It, it, Groves is in the red. North Farmington's in the um, white. All right. I was going to say, that's kind of early. Yep. You got a good, good coaching match between Jessica Weasler and Jeff Simpson. Um, Groves will have the advantage in size because Ellie Rupridge. North Farmington, we know about that one two two zone trap that they like to do. Full yeah. court trap. Yeesh. And it's if a small you, gym, too. If you're not ready for that. That'd drive you nuts. It'll drive you nuts. Then he has Southfield A&T taking on Puamo Westphala. <laughs> Puamo Westphalia. And Westphalia. <laughs> I apologize. It always cracks me up. The, uh, the Pirates. It's always fun to say. The Pirates against the Warriors. Westphalia's got a bench. I know, arguably, people are going to say, well, we got the best player in Shine McEvans. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have a bench in this game, I talked about this for the last 10 minutes on this podcast <laughs> about having a deep bench, you know, about having a bench. I mean, like, that's what I'm concerned about with Southfield. Does this team have enough? Does this team have enough depth to overcome it? Do they have enough? That I did look at, I did put West Bloomington Detroit Renaissance on, on my oh, you did you? I did. I thought I didn't, but it. I did. <laughs> um, Adams versus Utica on Tuesday. Utica last season won a district title. Going up against Adams. Adams is deep. They have a very good player, Maddie Dolinga. They have Nicole Clarenhout. They have, they, they have, of course, Anaya Howard. They have um, Amelia Dranick, Abby Dranick. And this Adams is deep. They're talented. Utica's got a really good player, Nina and Alina Ray. Really good player. It helps when you have a ton of experience back. It really does. Oh, absolutely. It really does. Um, another game I forgot to mention, I think, is Waterford Troy. I think they play this week. Mm. Um, but then of course, but then of course, my last matchup comes on Friday. When you look at the two guys that I had in the in this podcast room. <laughs> are going at it on Friday night with Stony Creek and Lake Warrior. This could be really interesting. Yeah. Because Stony Creek's got a really tough matchup on Tuesday with Harper Woods Chandler Park Academy over at home. Whereas Lake Orion has Rochester Luther Northwest. Yes. Um, so when you look at where both, these teams, both of these games will be televised, by the way. Yeah. When you look at when you look at both these teams, you look at Stony Creek. Really good, talented players in Devin Valls, Sydney LaPrairie, and Lily Um, 
And then you look at Lake Orion, the other side. You look at Mel, you look at Melissa Norman, Megan Marshall. I mean, Grace Bukovic. I mean, that's it's it's interesting because these two teams are very similar to each other. Yeah. Really similar. It's going to come down to which players can make plays. Do you see, I know this is kind of the local angle, but we've been talking about Stony Creek too. Do you find if the Dragons take the game against Stony Creek that that might set up positive things for them in the future might open your eyes a little? I think it might open eyes. If they if they can knock off a team like Stony Creek, who is really good this yeah. year. I think Stony Creek's a really talented team. Um I think it would be if they can win that if they can win that game. I think cause that's a game that's gonna decide, you know, when you look at Lake Orient Tech, they're a young basketball team. Yeah. They are still a young basketball team. This is a team that only has, I believe, at least maybe three seniors, three or four seniors on that team. Okay. Um, so this is still a young basketball team. But, I like, it, but it was an, it's an early test. For it's them. an early test, yeah. yes. I love the direction where Bob, where Coach Bob Bridges has that program going. I love the direction. It's his second year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Last season, you know, it was kind of a rough year for him. Um, but, you know, to get eight wins, you know what I mean? Maybe it's like a, it's a step in the right direction for this program. So when I look at, like, Orion, I mean, and I really think the me, I really think the newspapers are really giving the Dragons a real disservice here. Oh, no, why? Um, Because I think they're better than people think. I really do. Okay. Um, when you look at Lake Orion, um, this is a dangerous team. That's a team I don't think anybody wants to see. I really? just don't think this is going to be a team nobody wants to see. So the jump from last year to this year, you think it's a big one? Yes, I do. Um, and the And that's why I explained the white is a lot of parity. There's so much parity in the white division, you know, because you look at Avondale, who is the favorite coming into the division based on paper. Yeah. Um, then you have Adams, who's deep. Oxford is deep. Troy is deep. Um, Troy's, I mean, like, Tro- I mean, like, Troy's got talent as well. So, yeah. there's a lot of talent in this, in the, especially so in the white open. division. It's white's white, looking wide open. White's really wide open. And I forgot to mention my problem. The white is really wide open. The red right now, I think that's a three-team race. Yeah. And the blue, I think it's a two-team race. Maybe a four-team race. It comes down to how Seaholm and Farmington will do this year. Um, but when I'm looking at it, when I'm looking at it, and when I'm looking at it right now, I think that that's what I'm looking at with the um, girls' basketball side of things. Cool. Yep. Yeah, it's, I, I can't believe it's here. Yeah, and we still haven't had snow on the ground. We had we had ten inches, and then all of a sudden, all <laughs> melted off. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I am too. I, 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 I am a, too. I'm just not okay with this wind. I have a feeling uh, the snow is coming. Yeah, I do. <laughs> but too. yeah, it's. I mean, for the next what three weeks, right? Oh, and yeah. then you have yeah, the holiday break, break. Holiday break. Well, you got teams that are playing in that in the holidays. Yeah. So I mean, there's there's a lot. It. it it's it's kind of funny when you start the season. I go, oh yeah, well you know it's a preseason, and yeah. you get a win or two, or you go down. And the boys start of, next week. They start next week too. But you have you have that break. It's like the teams that are really going to solidify their strength uh, at, at the early stages. If they come out of the gate and really play well leading up to this holiday break, mm-hmm. that really sets them up for, for a, a good a run, momentum yeah. going into yeah, after the think, holiday break. And I think that's going to be really important, you know what I mean? 
these next these three these first three weeks are going to be very critical. Should almost take a, a the pulse of the uh, the con, you know the OAA at that at that juncture to see I is everything the- kind of folding? Is it unfolding the way you thought it is? You know it would or. Any so surprises because I think that's a, you know that's a nice little gauge there at that break. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, nice little gauge to see where it is. I think there's gonna be maybe two gauges to really look at it. Okay, the Christmas break and at the January. Yeah, yeah, when when the full conference slate kicks in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what's well, exciting? You know, it um, like you said, there's um, teams to watch. Some great players out there. We encourage. Oh, there's a ton of great yeah, players get out, out there, there and cheer especially these in the girls' on. basketball game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially in the girls' basketball game. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great players in that one. Yep. And uh, the, uh, the games are a lot of, like we said before, a lot of communities are recording these yep, games, getting them on here. A lot of them are televised. Here, a lot of them seek are, them out. A lot of them are televised. So, let's see. We got enough time to cover boys? Um, We're about 56. Okay. So, so probably we'll probably wait until next week. So, <laughs> yeah. So, when I look at the girls' season here, I think it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. Um, I really like the fact that um, there's several – there's several teams that can make some noise, mm-hmm. um, but we'll see what happens. But I'm really curious to see uh, the impact of this new playoff system, right? Or I the, am too. Or the pl- format, I the should new say. new format, yeah. Because uh, it's already sounding like the coaches have made adjustments to their preseason schedules mm-hmm. and how how that impacts the record, the win-loss record moving forward uh, as they approach the, the league, you know, the schedule. Yeah. Should be that that in this, of itself is a nice little storyline to follow. It is a really interesting storyline to follow. See where they're at yeah. heading going forward. Because we know your opinion. Yeah, we know a mine. Strength, a schedule. If you want to take a look at my blog and my preseason <laughs> stuff, it's on my blog at sammysemicolonsermanablogspot.com. I will also be posting boys basketball um, projections this weekend um, on the blog as well. I'm going to talk about it heading into next week. Um, so a lot of questions. A lot of questions heading into the season. Okay, now I'm going to sign off here. I'm Sammy Timmy here. I'm going to be taking, let me sign out here. Uh, wishing everybody best of luck this season. Um, good luck and see you all next week, everybody. See you, Sam. Oh, hey, now is produced by Sammy Terramine, and the views on this show are his and his alone. Get out there and see a game this week. Come on, get off that couch. Get out there and see these student athletes in action, will you? If you'd like to make your own podcast, give Owen TV a call at 248-393-1060. Classes are now enrolling. That's it for OA Now for this week. We'll see you next week. See ya!